child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Let's go. You gotta feel this jam right here. Feel the light. You got it. We back. Episode 48. Right back at you. Coming in with this mellow groove, man. Inspirational music. feel that right there man you got it we back episode 48 um definitely didn't want to start with that type of you know that type of vibe but based on the events of the last couple days i mean we kind of had to start with that song man so um yeah we gonna we gonna start it off with that man just with the nashville you know, shooting update. Of course, prayers to all involved. Um, I just kind of want to go into a little update with what's going on with that. Um, Jill Batten, uh, the first lady, she attended a vigil uh, Wednesday night for the, the all the victims. And, um, you know, not sure when Joe's going to get there, but it's definitely good that, that uh, that she got there for sure. Um, 
Another update, you know what I mean, with the city council member says there was a witness that told him the head of the Covenant School, Catherine Kuntz, spent her last moments trying to protect the children in her care from the school shooter. Um, of course, she was a victim in, in the incident as well. Um, update on the actual shooter uh, is that it was a 28-year-old shooter. She was under... He or she was under the care for an emotional disorder and had legally bought seven firearms that were hidden at home. Uh, that's, you know, coming from the police. And the attack was targeted and involved prior planning. Uh, the shooter had drawn out detailed maps of the school, including entry points into the building. Now, I did see a video of um, the entrance to the school. And I got to say, it was, um, it was pretty wild to look at. I, I will say that. Uh, you know, shooting out the, the front door and climbing through, you know, the, the bottom part of the window, the bottom part of the glass door, yeah, it was definitely kind of crazy, man. So, I mean, just having that on video is definitely uh, pretty deep. Um, another update on one of the victims is uh, the fundraiser for the custodian has raised more than 350000 in one day, um, the custodian, Mike Hill, who lost his life uh, in this incident, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, you know, that that, that fundraiser has reached 350000 And, um, you know, he, he died protecting children. So, um, yeah, man, just, I mean, the whole situation is just, Extremely sad, man. The whole situation is extremely sad. Uh, man, Big Mike was uh, father to eight children. And just, I mean, just, you know, just having to deal with something like that. Those eight children lost their father. I mean, just, just, just this whole thing is just, ah, man. Like, I, you know, and I, and I got to, I got to admit, man, I, I did not really want to talk about this. So I kind of, did take a day off from recording because this is not something that I really wanted to address. Um, but I understand, I mean, you, you know, you kind of got to do it at the same time. But it's definitely one of the harder parts of, um, you know, just, just kind of dealing with something like this. It's definitely uh, one of the tougher aspects. But uh, shout out to the Nashville police, though, man, for for going in there and and you know what I mean, not being afraid and taking care of business. And the response time that they had was was uh, it was rather impressive. I will say that rather impressive. So kudos to them. And and as I watched that video. I will say this, I did kind of 
it did like make me I don't I'm not gonna say wanna be a police officer, but it did get it did give me, you know, some sense of like, man, that's something that I, I would wanna do myself in regards to, you know, going and protecting people and and you know, just, just kinda handling a situation like that. You know, that they exhibited uh extreme bravery. Um, going in that school like that, man. And that's something that I could definitely see myself doing. Um, just for the simple fact, just just being a protector. So that is definitely something that I, I could see myself doing, man. Uh yeah, you know, yeah, man, it's just a this a prayers to all involved, man. Prayers to all involved. Um Definitely don't want to stay on it too long. We are going to touch base on a little bit more of um, this Nashville incident a little bit later. But, yeah, man, I just, I, you know, I, I, will, I definitely just felt like, it. you know, I did not want to start without giving an update in regards to what's going on um, down there in Nashville. So let's kind of transition out of that and get into uh yeah see and see that's what I'm saying man you start the episode with that man it's just like where do you where do you go from there you know what I mean where do you go from there it's just it's so hard to just kind of um get your bearings back together after such a uh, somber incident. So, but we, you know, we got, we got to try to get it back together, man. Uh, man. Um, man, it's tough, man. It's, it's really tough. Uh, of course, the victims have been identified as well. And, um, yeah, man, we're going to transition out of that, man, because I don't want to... I mean, yeah, I, I could spend the whole hour on, on that, to be honest with you. I could spend the whole hour on that episode. On, on I could spend the whole episode on that incident. <laughs> but we are not going to do that, though. But uh, let's transition and get up and out of that. Um, opening day baseball, uh, Major League Baseball, is tomorrow in... Yeah, I mean, you know, after the real baseball classic, I mean, some, you know, there's a little bit of buzz around baseball right now. So, it's kind of um yeah, it's it's kind of a, you know, opening day is always uh you know, an event that people want to go to. Um so we do have that tomorrow to kind of uh take our minds off of what, you know, what happened down in Nashville. And I kind of want to, you know, we go on the opening day. Of course, you got your favorite teams. Um, you know, I'm a Dodgers person. I like the Yankees. Uh, I like the Padres. Of course, I like the Pirates. Hopefully, we're going to do something this year. But I want to kind of run down my top 10 players of this year. I might just do five, actually. But um, 
I'm gonna kind of get into that. Now we'll do we'll do our top ten, top ten players of this baseball season that coming up, and coming in at number ten. And we're doing ten because ESPN did their top ten list. My list varies from their list a little bit. Uh, just for some fact, they didn't have any pitchers on their list, which understandable though. I mean, baseball is now a hitters a hitters game, especially with the rule changes. Uh, the rule changes with the you know the the pitching clock. Um, the shifts, you can no longer shift in baseball, which I think is a good thing because it's going to allow a lot more hits um, to be in the game as well. So I'm I'm all for the, the uh, not being allowed to shift, definitely. The pitch clock, I'm still up in the air on that. I feel like you should, be, I feel like that, that pitch clock gives an advantage to the hitter. I mean, to the pitcher, because the, the hitter does no longer, they no longer kind of get time to um, regroup after each pitch. So I believe with the, the pitching clock, that's advantage That's advantage to the to the pitcher. So at least in my opinion right now, we'll see how it goes moving forward. But, you know, I know when I play baseball, I definitely like to take my time in the box. Um, if I swung and missed or something, I, I, I want to step out and, and regroup. Now that regroup is a lot faster. A pitcher that's in a groove, that's throwing strikes, you know, they can they can mow you down and and you know what I mean? A couple pitches in probably 10 15 seconds. So I feel like that's advantage to the pitcher. With that being said, um we coming in at number 10 with Max Fried from the Atlanta Braves last year, runner up in the Cy Young, 14 and 7 overall wins losses, 2.48 ERA, 170 Ks, um, 200 average versus lefties. He is a left-hander. Uh, Atlanta, I mean, you know, he's their ace. When they need somebody to go out there and get him a win, he's the one they call upon. Uh, I got him coming in at number 10 on my list. He is the only pitcher on my list, but um, he should be there, though. He, he definitely should be there. Um. Coming in at number nine on my list, uh, Tatis and from the Padres, I do have him coming in at number 10 on my list. Last year, 282, Fernando Tatis, last year, 282, 42 home runs, 97 RBIs on the year. Uh, 32 home runs versus right-handed pitchers. Um, he did have that suspension. So these stats are actually coming from 2021. But uh, he is supposed to be back this year. Uh, not sure how many games he sits out this year, but he will be back for the majority of this year. So, But I do have him coming in at number nine. I know we haven't seen him in a while, but that does not take away from the impact he has on the baseball game. And the Padres, are, you know, they should be pretty strong this year. Um, they got a big three with him, Machado, and Juan Soto. And they have some pitching. So watch out for the Padres. Uh, coming in at number eight, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, last year, off year, 266, 15 home runs, 50, 50 RBIs. He was hurt. He is coming off an injury from the last two years. But he is only two years removed from having 41 home runs and 101 RBIs. Uh, anytime you play the Braves, you do have to worry about him. He is an impact player as well. I do expect him to bounce back. Apparently, he stated he's 100% fully healthy this year. 
Last year, he did not play at 100%. So, um, you know, I expect big numbers from him this year. Coming in at number seven, we have Trey Turner, who balled out in the World Baseball Classics uh, last year with the Dodgers, 298. Batting average, 21 home runs, 100 RBIs, 27 stolen bases. Um, he ended up getting a big contract from Philly, I think around $300 million. He'll definitely, he'll definitely uh, help them out. Philly was, I believe, in the World Series this year or close to the World Series. I believe they were in the World Series this year. They didn't win it. But um, adding Trey Turner just, you know, just kind of helps them out. And he's definitely, you know, one of the top 10 baseball players. He was with the Dodgers. Uh, he he was he was that with the Nationals, and he even further proved that in the World Baseball Classics. So uh, got him coming in at number seven. Coming in at number six, we got the kid Julio Rodriguez. Uh, two hundred eighty-four average, twenty-eight home runs, seventy-five RBIs. Led Seattle to the postseason. Um, rookie of the year came in seventh in MVP voting as a rookie. Listen, I mean this this person, this kid is energetic. You know, he brings he's part of the youth movement in baseball. And I I don't expect any drop off. I expect he, I actually expect his numbers to go up uh this year. So um definitely be on the lookout for Seattle. Uh, hopefully back to back playoff appearance for Seattle as well. And he'll be the uh spearheading that that charge. Coming in at number five, we have Manny Machado. We already spoke about the Padres. He's also part of the engine that makes them go. Um, Juan Soto. I don't have Juan Soto on my list, although he sh- probably could have came in at number 10. But I don't have him on our list. Uh, but I got Manny Machado, uh, 298 batting average, 32 home runs, 102 RBIs. Um. Listen, Machado has been a dog since he's been with the, you know, been with the Padres. He left the Dodgers. He was with the Dodgers before that. Manny Machado, I mean, he's a dog, man. I like him. I like his attitude. I like the bravado he brings to the game. Uh, is he somebody to worry about? Of course he is. Uh, anytime you step on the mound and he's in the lineup, you either got to pitch around him or you got to be very cautious pitching to him. So I got him coming in at number five. And y'all going to kill me. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty on this list. We're getting down to the top four on this list. I know y'all going to be mad at me when I get to this when I get to the bottom of this list, but I got to go with what I got to go with. So coming in at number four, we got Aaron Judge. Of course, you know he's on the list. 311 average, 62 home runs, American League record, 131 RBIs. Uh, one of the only question marks, which actually goes with Manny Machado as well, is can they perform in the postseason? Uh, last year, Judge, I think only five hits on 36 at-bats in the postseason. Didn't get the job done. Um, listen, the Yankees haven't won a world championship. They haven't won a world series in a long time. If that's going to change, Aaron Judge is going to have to play better in the you know in the playoffs. So postseason, Aaron Judge has got to show up. But as far as regular season, Aaron Judge, he's definitely one of the top five baseball players out there. Coming in at number three, we have Mike Trout. Of course, you know he is an animal. 283 average, 40 home runs, 80 RBIs. Uh, his average is a little bit below his career average. Um, he's usually about 303 
uh, average-wise in his career. Um, the main thing about Mike Trout is being healthy. Uh, he hasn't played at least 159 games since 2016. He's been below 159 games since then. Hopefully, you know, if he can actually play above that number, I do believe, you know, he'll get back to his regular averages. Um, but, you know, still still, still somebody you got to, you know, force to be reckoned with out there. So you cannot take the Angels lightly with him in the lineup at any given time. So coming in at number two is his teammate. And, and we talked about this during the World Baseball Classics uh, with Otani and Trout. I'm not understanding why the, the Angels are in the playoffs. You have two of the best baseball players in the world, and for some reason they cannot make the postseason. Uh, yeah, and listen, y'all gonna kill me for this. Otani, two seventy three average, thirty four home runs, ninety five RBIs, eleven stolen bases, um, on offense three point four wins above replacement, and listen on pitching he's fifteen wins, nine losses, two thirty three ERA, two hundred nineteen Ks. I mean, listen this. This dude is unreal. Okay, he is unreal. I take nothing from him at all. But for me, he's not the best player in baseball. Is it? Is it debatable? I think it is. 1A, 1B, it, it's debatable. Um, but he's not number one on my list. I'm sorry, he's not. I, I, and that just is what it is, man. I'm sorry, he's not number one on my list. Number one on my list is Mookie Betts, the only five-tool player in baseball. And when I mean five two, I'm talking about fielding, a strong arm, speed on the base path, hitting for power, hitting for average. Last year, two sixty nine average, thirty five home runs, eighty two RBIs, six point four wins above replacement. I mean, Mookie Betts to me is the best player in baseball, and has been that way. He's finished in the top five in MVP voting the last seven years. Um. I mean, listen, Mookie Betts is the best, player, best uh, baseball player. He's the best player in baseball, to me, in my opinion. When I watch, he's, I mean, he can do it all, man. He can do it all, literally. He can do it all. Not saying that Otani can't do it all, but Mookie Betts does it all. Okay, he does it all. He, he is the engine that makes the Dodgers go. Uh, he was like that for the Red Sox. And I don't see, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon. I think what makes me put him above Atani on this list is his defense. Okay, that's what makes me put him above Atani on this list. And it's an opening day, man. I'm looking forward to it. Freddie Freeman could have been on this list as well from the Dodgers. Uh, I don't have him on the list, but um, I do expect big things from the Dodgers this year. And... The Dodgers are only going to go as far as Mookie Best takes them, so that's just that's just you know where I'm at with it right now. All right, um, honorable mention to Juan Soto, of course, Freddie Freeman, honorable mention, uh, Nolan Arenado, honorable mention as well. But that's my top five list. I mean, my top ten list. Um, I usually do top five. I did top ten, like I said, because ESPN you know put out their top ten list, and I definitely wanted to. Uh, Put on my top ten list as well, just to. And it's a little different. It's definitely a little different, but you know, opening day being tomorrow. Um, am I gonna go to the game tomorrow? I haven't decided yet. I have not decided yet, man. Um, 
it's possible though. It is definitely possible if if I'm thinking about uh opening day for for us. Um oh no, we're actually we are not at home tomorrow. We are on the road in Cincinnati. Okay, so that good cuz that gives me a chance to get to the opening day. That gives me a chance. And we are opening Monday. Oh no, no, no. Wait a minute. We're opening next Friday against the White Sox. Okay, so that gives me plenty of time, man, because I was not going to be able to make it to open the day tomorrow. That's for sure. So that gives me plenty of time to make it. Um, definitely looking forward to the baseball season. It's definitely a long season. But there's some buzz. Like I said, there was some buzz around the, the World Baseball Classic. So we'll see if that buzz continues on into the regular season. And, yeah, man, you know, opening day, man. It's always a big day, man. So... Definitely tune in, watch what you can watch, see who you can see. And, uh, yeah, of course, with the NBA, you know, still going on right now, baseball is definitely still going to take a back burner to um, the NBA and to the hockey as well, you know, with both of both of those uh, leagues gearing up for the playoffs. But the one thing is that opening day on baseball takes precedence over both of those leagues right now. So... But yeah, man, that's it, man. We that's we done with baseball. We gonna kind of get out of that. Time is a ticking already. I'm at twenty five minutes, and I have yet to even get anywhere close to what I'm trying to get to right now. So, um, quick update on the NBA for today: the Kings. Sacramento Kings have clinched their first playoff spot in 16 years. Uh, shout out to Coach Mike Brown, who w- should be the coach of the year this year. I'm not going to say he will be, but he should be the coach of the year this year. Uh, he's completely turned the Kings around. They are a force to be reckoned with. They are firmly entrenched in the third place in the Western playoff conf- You know, Western playoffs. Uh, Western Conference playoffs, they are entrenched in the third seed. Um, I know a lot of teams are jockeying to play them, but I don't know if you should be jockeying to play them. I don't I don't know if that's the team that you really want to see. Uh, not the way De'Aaron Fox is playing. Not the way Demonis Sabonis is playing. That's not somebody that you just want to see out there. But uh, shout out to the Kings, um, you know, for making the playoffs, man. And job well done to Mike Brown. What what they're saying it is uh light the beam, I believe that's what it is. Light the beam. Let's give a round of applause to the Kings though, man. We make it clap. Yeah, light the beam, man. Sacramento, light the beam. Uh what else happened in NBA today? Lakers got the revenge against the Bulls. Uh Patrick Beverly. Listen, zero points today, 0 for 5 shooting, didn't score at all. Basically had the clamps on him, you know what I mean? You tried to troll LeBron last game, you tried to troll the Lakers last game with the Sharman toilet paper and all that. This game, you didn't score a point. So that just, I mean, you know, like, rest, rest, listen, I like Pat Bad when he was on the Lakers, but now that he's not on the Lakers, I ain't got no love for him, man. Like Russ said, man, he just be running around, he ain't doing nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He ain't doing nothing. But uh, shout out to Russ, man. Russ led the Clippers to a big win today against Memphis. 
Uh, looked like old rest, 36 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 for 5 from 3. Uh, rest definitely balled out today. Um, Clippers still, you know, still in the playoffs right now. Still waiting to see what's going on with Paul George and, and you know, where he stands at with his, uh, with his injury. Hopefully he'll be back for the playoffs. We will find out sooner than later. Um, KD debuted with the Suns family at home. He's back off his injury. Uh, started a little bit slow today. Um, ended up with 16 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 5 or 18 from the field. Of course, he's coming off injury, so it's going to take him a little bit to get into a rhythm. I still believe in the Suns, even though they don't really have any chemistry right now. I do believe they will still be okay come playoff time. Uh, right now, they're currently, I believe, the four seed. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who they end up playing uh, in the first round of the playoffs and if they can get out that first round. You know what I mean? Right now for the Suns, it's pretty much championship or bust. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, and Dallas, man, Dallas, 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 Dallas. Ah, oh, y'all killing me. The Mavericks are killing me right now. The Mavericks are killing me. Lost to 76ers today. Kyrie and Luka played again. They were winning for most of the game. I watched the whole game. They were winning until like midway through the fourth quarter. And then they just lost the lead and just got ended up getting blown out. Uh, ended up losing by, I think, double digits. After leading for most of the game, not really sure what happened. I mean, took Luca a while to come back in in the fourth. Um, ultimately, I mean, from what I've seen with the Mavericks, is that you know, if, if there are others, there are others role players are not making shots, they're not going to win no games, man. It's just that simple. I seen Reggie Bullock miss shot after shot. I seen uh, Green miss shot after shot. Hardy miss shot after shot. Kleber miss shot after shot. And I mean, once Kyrie and Luca, they can only do it so much. They're drawing so much attention. They're making the right basketball play. And I mean, their players aren't converting the shots. That's just the bottom line. So they still have five games left. They're one game behind the Thunder for the uh tenth spot in the playoffs for the playing game. I, I I do believe they're still going to get it. I do believe they're, you know, somebody you do not want to play in the actual playoffs. But uh, right now, they have to get in the playoffs. Right now, they have to get in. So, we'll see, man. I mean, when you got Luka and Kyrie, who I believe is one of the most unguardable players in the league on an individual basis, I mean, you should, you should be fine. And, this, you know, the whole thing... Of, I don't want to get into this whole narrative that's not really being pushed right now, but you can see the writing on the wall is that if the Mavericks, when they got Kyrie, they were in sixth place. Since he's been there, they are now in 11th place. You can see the writing on the wall, man. And I just hope that, you know, I hope they get in the playoffs just for Kyrie's sake because I don't want this narrative, you know, I don't want it to gain any more traction than it's already getting. So, um... Come on, Mavericks. I still believe in y'all, man. I believe y'all going to be for, all right, man. Um, yeah, man. Speaking of unguardable players, I have to address this list that J.J. Reddick put out 
of his top five hardest-to-guard players. Listen, I love J.J. Redick. That's my man. You know what I mean? I'm a Duke fan. I've been a Duke fan since 88. So, of course, when J.J. Redick was at Duke, I was, you know what I mean? I was rolling with him heavy. And he put out his top five list of hardest-to-guard players, and I got nothing against his list. I don't. I guess the main reason I don't have anything against his list is because I'm not sure if his list is based on hardest-to-guard individually or hardest to guard team wise. Okay, because that makes a difference. Uh, and in no particular order is what he said. He had his top five hardest to guard players were um, Jokic, Curry, Giannis, Embiid, and Kevin Durant. Listen, I got no problem with his list, man. I believe that. Embiid should be on there. I believe Curry should be on there. I believe Durant should be on there. Giannis, I do not. Jokic, I do not. Now, you know, as I stated before, I'm not sure if he's talking about hardest to guard individually or hardest to guard um, in a team concept. You know, hardest to guard, you know, for a team to prepare for. So that completely make a dif- makes a difference. Because I believe that Jokic, if, if you're talking about a team preparing to guard Jokic, he's definitely top five in the league because of his passing ability. You know, so yeah, that would that would make him be on the list. As far as individually, he's not hard to guard at all. Individually, uh, like it's, he's just not. So, I've seen AD lock him up. I've seen Embiid lock him up individually. I've seen some other players lock him up individually. Aiton. I mean, I've seen a bunch of players lock. Nikola Jokic up individually, but he is hard to guard, you know, and prepare for as a team because, you know what I mean, he has vision. So um, with that being said, I do have my top five hardest to guard players, and this is on a individual basis, okay? This is not a team um, hardest to guard, you know, for a team. This is hardest to guard individually, one-on-one. Okay, hardest to guard individually, one-on-one. And I'm cheating a little bit because I got I got coming in at 5A five, five and 5B, I have Steph Curry and James Harden. I couldn't decide who I wanted to put on the list at 5 between those two. I believe they both are very hard to guard individually. Um, of course, James Harden is extremely hard to guard individually. Um, just for the simple fact that, you know, he'll tween you to death, tween, tween, uh, jab, step, step back three, or he'll tween you to death and go right to the rack and finish lefty. He's definitely one of the hardest covers. Uh, he gets to the free throw line an awful lot. Um, listen, individually, one-on-one, you can't really stop. I mean, of course, in the NBA, you can't really stop anybody one-on-one. But James Harden, one-on-one, is definitely the, one of the hardest players to guard. He's one of the hardest players to guard. Uh, now I don't have it. I don't have this, you know, a difference between five A and five B with Curry and Harden. I don't, but they're both five for me. Five A and B, definitely Curry. I mean, you already know what he brings. You got to watch him from half court. Just with that alone, he's hard to. He's you know he's on the list. He's on the list because once you come out to half court, he's fast enough to go right around you. But if you don't come out to half court, he can shoot it and make it. So. He's definitely on the list uh, for my hardest to guard individually. 
And, uh, I mean, he has the handle to back it up. So if you want to pressure him, he can get right around you. He'll cone drill you to death um, with his in and outs. Um, his behind-the-back dribbles. I mean, he can get to his spots and get his shot. Definitely, you know, one of the top five hardest to guard individually. Um, number four on my list is LeBron James. And, J.J. Reddick, I, listen, you. I don't know why you don't have LeBron on your list. I, it makes no sense. Number four on my list is LeBron. How is LeBron not? Listen, LeBron has the most points in NBA history. How is he not one of the top five hardest to guard players in the league? Now, the only reason why I don't have him number one is because he's a little bit older right now. If this list was, if I was doing this list two or three years ago, he would have been number one. But he's not number one because right now he's he's a little bit older. Um, he hasn't really, he's lost a little bit of a step. Um, at least in my opinion, he's not as quick off the first step. He's still quick now. Don't get it twisted. But he's not as quick as he was when he was, you know what I mean, 25 years old, 26 years old. But I don't understand how he's not one of the top five hardest to guard players in the league. But nonetheless, he makes number four on my list, period, point blank. Uh, number three on my list of hardest to guard players in the NBA is Kevin Durant. Of course, he's mid-range assassin, um, unblockable. You can't block his shot. I mean, when you're seven foot and you got a silky, smooth stroke like that, I mean, come on, it's un it's unguardable. I mean, ultimately, your hand in his face means absolutely nothing. He's either gonna make or miss the shot. That's just where it comes down to with uh with KD. So, I have him coming in at number three. I don't really need to, you know, really further explain anything about KD. You know what it is. Easy Money Sniper. He has that nickname for a reason. Slim Reaper. He has those nicknames for a reason. The man is unguardable. Okay? The man is unguardable. Uh, coming in at number two, and I don't know why he's not on JJ's list as well, Kyrie Irving, man. Why is Kyrie not on your list at all? Kyrie is single-handedly the most skilled basketball player we've ever seen. In my opinion, Kyrie is the most skilled basketball player that we have ever seen. As far as a handle, um, you know, range with the jump shot, finishing ability with either hand in the lane, um, the variety of ways he can finish in the lane, Yes, Kyrie is definitely individually unstoppable. Okay, he he has the most ISO points probably in the league. I ain't really do no fact checking on that. I don't need to because I know that he scores all his points pretty much in isolation. So, um, and yeah, you're probably gonna say why are you why you don't have Luca on the list? I think Luca's kind of easy to guard for real. I think Luca's he's not fast enough to really get value individually. He's crafty enough to get by you individually, but he's not really that fast. If you put somebody big on him and stay down, and you just give him the jumper and contest the jumper, I don't think Luka's that hard to guard. That's just me personally. Uh, is he unstoppable? Yeah, he's unstoppable. But hard to guard, I don't see it. You just got to find the right matchup for him. Okay, and the right matchup for him is somebody like Jared Vanderbilt 
Uh, who else? I mean, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's not a lot of matchups for Luka, which makes him hard to guard. But individually, he's not on my top five list. Kyrie is way harder to guard than Luka, to me, in my opinion. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm I'm rolling with Kyrie. I don't I don't think nothing else needs to be said. Most skilled player that we've ever seen in any generation, any generation. Nobody has the handles, the moves, the creativity uh, that that Kyrie has. It's it, I mean it's 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 unmatched. So, um, and coming in at number one is Joel Embiid. I mean that that should be obvious. Joel Embiid is individually the hardest, most unstoppable player in the league right now. Anytime you give him the ball, he's getting you one, two, or three points. No individual can guard Joel Embiid without fouling out. It's it's impossible. I mean, literally. You know, he goes to the free throw line at a high rate. He converts those free throws. He can shoot it from the three. He can shoot it from mid-range, foul line extended. Um, he could drive you, he could he could big man you, he could finesse game you. He Joel and Bill he can do it all. Joel and B can do it all, man. And I have him number one on my hardest to guard list. Okay, that's who I have number one on my hardest to guard list. Let me recap it. I got five A and five B. Steph Curry, James Harden coming in at number four. LeBron James coming in at number three. Kevin Durant. Two Kyrie, one MB. That's my top five hardest to guard players individually in the league. The key word is individually. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Listen, we ain't really gonna do too much more sports. Uh Bronny, of course, was you know, we gonna quick little quick little sound bite. Well, I ain't got a sound bite. Quick um quick uh change of topics to LeBron James son, Bronny. McDonald's All-American game, five threes, five free from three. Listen, Bronny's a pro to me. He looked like a pro in that game. Uh, what you get him from Bronny is a spot-up shooter, uh, a, a lead guard that can make the right play, an elite defender. Um, I think LeBron. I think Bronny can play in the league right now. Okay, does he have to you know put some weight on? Yes, we'll see. Uh, I believe Lavar Ball definitely put out a quote where he said that. Um, Bronny should think about going to Australia to play. There's no reason for him to go to college. He's not, you know, he don't need to be sitting in a chemistry class, uh, learning chemistry because his profession is, is, you know, basketball. So if you're going to be a professional basketball player, go to Australia like LaMelo did. Um, you know, fine-tune your game against, you know, stronger, uh, more mature men, and then come over to the league, man. I mean, you have no use for, you know, sitting in chemistry class. And I kind of feel LeVar on that. Um, ultimately, I mean, LeVar, his blueprint worked out. He had three sons that were at one point all in the NBA, even though Jello did not really fully make it to the NBA. He was on the roster. He was in training camp. And, of course, LaMelo and Lonzo are definitely, you know, some of the top players in the league. So, um whether or not LeBron, you know, wants Bronny to go to college or not, uh, who knows? Well, I guess we'll find out sooner or later. I believe there will be more pressure on Bronny in college than if he was to go to Australia or overseas to another league. There won't be as much pressure. But um, if he goes to a school, he goes to, you know, to college, yeah, there's going to be pressure on him. 
You know what I mean? But I feel like there's been pressure on Bronny his whole life. So I believe that he'll be able to handle it whichever route that he decides to go. So uh, shout out to Bronny. Um, they did lose the McDonald's All-American game to DJ Wagner in the East. Shout out to DJ Wagner. Zero points in the first half, 21 points in the second half. MVP of the game. He definitely showed up and balled out. Um, and that's that's all we yeah, that's all we got on the sports tip. Look at this, man. We already have 44 minutes already. I don't know what I'm gonna do to kind of extend this episode, but we're gonna figure something out because we got a lot more to get into. We've got a lot more to get into, man. Uh, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do right now about this episode, man. So let's get into this no no. Um and this no no, man. I don't really know exactly who is going to because that's still yet to be determined. But the no no is definitely is definitely coming right now. That's for sure. Uh and this no no is going to and this no no is, is going to my city, man. And I hate I hate that I had to do this, man. This no no is going to whoever called in the active shooter uh, hoaxes. You know, multiple school districts in several different counties in the Pittsburgh area. This no-no is going to you, man. Like, the Pennsylvania State Police are investigating the phone calls that were made to several different schools in different counties uh, involving, act, involving threats of an active shooter situation or a bomb threat. They said all the calls had similar content and have determined to be false. Um, these hoaxes prompted schools across western Pennsylvania to be put on lockdown as a precautionary measure. Um, you know, the main calls were to Central Catholic and Oakland Catholic, which are schools in Pittsburgh's Oakland neighborhood. Uh, both Pittsburgh schools have since been cleared and declared safe. Other schools that received fake threats included Laurel Highlands, Hopewell High School, Newcastle High School, and Fair Area High School. And it's like, come on, man. What are we doing, man? What are we doing, Pittsburgh? We wilding out here. Now, let me let me do say this, though. Shout out to the Pittsburgh police because their response to these hoaxes was on point. You know what I mean? They didn't hesitate. They got to these schools, locked these places down, and was ready to go in there and do what needed to be done. So that's an ode to them, man. They were prepared. Okay, and this this news is coming from WPXI Channel Eleven News, uh, but yeah, man, shout out to the Pittsburgh Police, um, they was on point, man. You know what I mean? They were ready. They were ready for anything. You know what I mean? And that's that's just an ode to just being prepared. You know what I mean? That's an ode to being prepared, man. So shout out to uh, Tiva Police and and Allegheny County Sheriff, um you know, who's in charge of the county and their police as well. They were they were prepared for something like this. So shout out to my city for, you know, being ready for, you know, this type of, you know, incident. Um, but the no-no definitely, I mean, but the no-no, yeah, the no-no goes to whoever called these hoaxes in. You know what I mean? At this time right now, it's very sensitive, man. Why would you think to even do something like that? So whoever called these, you know, those these fake threats in, uh, this no-no goes to you, man, because this is something that we just can't go for. But shout-out to the Pittsburgh police. Shout-out to Allegheny County police for being prepared and ready to take on 
you know, this 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 active shooter situation had it been real. But the no-no goes to whoever called this hoax in, man, because this is something I just can't go for. Dang, am I upset? Um, am I upset I had to give the no-no to somebody in my city? I am, man. I, I really am, man. I didn't think I was going to have to do that. But it had to be done. It had to be done, man. I had to give the no-no to, to whoever. I, and the thing about it, they don't know who it is right now. So whenever that information gets found out, I will have a name for that no-no. Best believe there will be a name getting attached to that no-no. I'm going to put a name on it. So, as soon as that information gets released, best believe I'll get it right to y'all. Yeah, man. But we going we going to continue on with this episode. We got some we got some uh, other entertainment stuff we going to get into right now. Um, I just finished watching Snowfall. I'm not going to recap that just yet. We are going to recap that towards the end. But man, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with Snowfall. I'm not happy, man. I'm not happy. Uh. But let's let's kind of get into um, let's kind of get into this Breakfast Club March Madness bracket, okay? I don't know if if you've been looking or if you've been tuning into the Breakfast Club uh, since Angela Yee has left, Charlemagne and Envy been holding it down, and they've been bringing co-hosts uh, onto the show. Or guest host, I'm sorry, guest host onto the show, you know, I, I basically looking to, you know what I mean, find another co-host. Uh, they're not in a rush to find a co-host, so there have been numerous people that have been guest hosting, and they put out a mar- they put out like a March Madness type bracket, um, with the guest co-host to kind of, you know what I mean, just spark some conversation, spark some debate, and boy, oh boy, am I intrigued, man? I loved it. I loved I love this this whole thing that they put out and I couldn't wait to talk about it because I have my I have my favorites, man. I wanted to do a top five Breakfast Club uh guest host list, but this is this is better than than the top five. This is this is way better than that. So they have different brackets, you know what I mean? They have all the co hosts, all the guest hosts that they had on here. Um Angela Rye. Uh, Tamar Braxton, Nene Leakes, um, Ray J, Nori, Carrie Champion, Just Hilarious, Lunell, Miss Pat, uh, Lala. I mean, the, the list goes on. Lisa Ray. I mean, the list goes on. So let me just kind of let me kind of go and go go through a couple of the matchups that were very very hard to kind of uh, pick a winner through, and the main one was Carrie Champion and Just Hilarious. They knew they was wrong by putting this matchup on there. Cause that's a hard matchup, man. I love Jess Hilarious. I love Carrie Champion. And I had a very, very hard time deciding who I liked out of them two in regards to the bracket. But ah man, you know, that that wasn't right, man. Making me choose between these two is not fair. But but I got to do it. You know what I mean? I got to do it. I got to do it. And I chose Kerry Champion. And 
part of the reason why I chose Carrie Champion over Jess Hilarious. And, and listen, if Jess was going up against anybody else, I would not. I would choose her. So let me just put that disclaimer out there. If she was going up against anybody else, she would. I would put her. She would win. She would move on to the next bracket. But I think the reason why I like Carrie Champion over her is that Carrie Champion um, is a seasoned vet with dealing with, uh, you know, kind of harsh personalities. She dealt with Skip Bayless and Stephen A. for years. So her being on The Breakfast Club, I felt like it's, I mean, it was an easy transition to her. And when she guest hosted, I felt like the moment wasn't too big, man. It wasn't too big for Just Hilarious either. But I just, I mean, I don't know. I just like the way Carrie, you know what I mean? I just, I don't know. I like Carrie, I just like Carrie Champion better, man. I don't know what else, to, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I got nothing but love for Just Hilarious. Nothing but love, man. You know what I mean? She would be in my top five list of candidates if she wasn't going against Carrie Champion. So I got Carrie Champion moving on in the, in that in that round right there. Um, also in that bracket is Jamel Hill versus Lala. I had a hard time choosing between Jamel Hill and Lala, but ultimately I chose Lala. Um, yeah, I chose Lala, man, over Jamel Hill. I thought that she is a little bit more um, in tune with the, I don't know, I ain't going to say in tune with the culture, but she just had a little bit more swag to her when she was on there. Just a little bit more swag to her. So I rolled with Lala in that matchup. Um, moving Now, this is all on the right side of the bracket. Moving further down the bracket, uh, we had Portia and Tamar Braxton. I had Portia. I love Portia when she was on the show. Um, Portia, you know what I mean? She got a lot of, um, yeah, man. Portia was definitely, like, giggly. And, and she just had a lot of charisma with her, a lot of character with her. And I rolled with her over Tamar Braxton, although I did like Tamar on the show as well. But I did, I just thought that Portia uh, definitely brought a little bit more energy, I, I'll say, you know what I mean, when she was on there. Um, last but not least, on the bottom right side of the bracket was Lunell and Miss Pat. Um, I like Lunell, man. I like Lunell. Lunell has definitely been, she's been on the show a couple times now. Uh she got her, she just got her own she got her own thing with her man she's she's super cool she comes with different personalities with the show uh she's either relaxed she got mad jokes with her um and i yeah i just i, I like miss pat too though i like miss pat i take nothing against miss pat and her story and all the things that she's overcome but i chose lunell and and that's just you know what i mean i just roll with lunell man that's it hard these, listen these are hard decisions man this 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 bracket that they put out was not hard. It, it was very hard. This bracket was very hard, to, you know what I mean, to kind of choose to. So ultimately I had, uh, wait a minute, hold up. Two, four. So out of that, you know, out of those four, the two I had was Portia versus Lunell. I chose, I went with Portia over Lunell. Um, so Portia moves on to my final four. On the right side of the bracket. So, so far in my final four, I got Kerry Champion and I got Portia on the right side. Now, we're going over to the left side. All right, Jason Lee versus Ebony K. Williams. I liked Eb I loved Ebony K. Williams on the show. I did. I thought she brought a certain sternness to the show. Um, and 
I don't know, man. I just, I, you know, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I liked Ebony. I liked Ebony on the Williams. I, I liked her on the show. I liked her. I didn't like her more than Jason Lee. I think Jason Lee, you know what I mean? He's messy. He's witty. He, you know what I mean? He just has a, he has a, I don't know. He has a good hosting voice with him. Um, he transitions very well with what he does. Uh, he can adapt to any conversation. And I roll with Jason Lee moving forward to that. Um, Tiffany Cross, Angela Rao was the next, you know, next on the left side of the bracket. Uh, I roll with Angela Rao. Um, just for the simple fact that she's a professional. She's knowledgeable about anything. Uh, she did get out of her comfort zone when she was on the show um, and talked about some things that she normally would not talk about on CNN or MSNBC or any other platform like that, even on her own platform. So, you know, I appreciated the fact that she was willing to be open uh, to talking about things that she normally doesn't talk about. Um, which was basically the Freaky Friday segment. So um, I chose to move her on in that bracket. And then I had her going against Jason Lee. I ultimately chose Jason Lee. Um, he's the third uh, finalist out of my final four. Jason Lee moves on to the final four. Um, the bottom bottom side of the left-hand bracket is Nene Leakes versus Nori. Um, I like Nene Leakes, but of course, Nori, man, I'm rolling with Nori. Nori is a legend, okay? He was only on there once, and he held it down, man. And I like Nene Leakes, but I got to roll with Nori, man. You know what I'm saying? Drink champs host. I mean, what more needs to be said about Nori? He can adapt. You know what I mean? He's with any conversation. He's going to turn it up. He's going to have all the lingo, all the slang that you need. Yeah, man, I had to roll with Nori over Nene Leaks, man. Nothing against Nene Leaks at all. Nothing against her at all. Um, bottom left side of the bracket, Ray J versus Claudia Jordan. I mean, listen, Claudia Jordan, I love you. I thought you killed it when you was on the show. But I'm I'm rolling with Ray J, man. I'm rolling with Are We Live? Are we live? Yes, we live, man. You know what I mean? Of course we rolling with, with Ray J, man. Of course Willie Ray... Is definitely goaded out here in this media game, in this podcast game, in this entrepreneur game, in this reality TV game. Willie Ray Norwood is goaded, man. Okay? So then I had uh, Ray J versus Nori. I got Ray J moving on to the Final Four, man. No disrespect to Nori, but I got Ray J moving on to my Final Four. So my Final Four in the bracket is um, Portia. Carrie Champion, Jason Lee, and Ray J. That's my final four right there. Now y'all leave, y'all put me in a tough part predicament. Okay, now and they have a they have a weird part of this bracket too, where at the bottom, um, they have Lisa Ray and Poor Man's uh podcast. And I guess you gotta choose between them and then they kinda go up the bracket. Um if I'm choosing between Poor Man's Lisa Ray, I'm taking Lisa Ray. Obviously, because Lisa Ray definitely, you know what I mean? She definitely got some bravado to her. She don't hold back. She's candid. Uh, she's going to tell it like it is. So I'm rolling with her. So she goes up in the middle part of the bracket. And then I got to choose my final four. So if I got Carrie Champion and Portia Williams, I'm taking Carrie Champion, man. I'm taking Carrie Champion all the way, man. 
I'm taking Kerry Champion all the way right now. So if I got my bracket, I got Kerry Champion moving on um, to the, you know, to that finals. She beats Portia out. Just barely she beats Portia out to move on to the finals. And on the other side, between Jason Lee and Willie Ray. Oh, man, this is tough. This is very tough, man. Mm. I'm taking I'm taking Ray J. I'm taking Willie Ray. I'm taking Willie Ray because he's unpredictable. I'm taking Willie Ray because he's unpredictable. Alright. I got to, man. I got to take Willie Ray because he's unpredictable. Nothing against Jason Lee. Hollywood Unlocked. Come on, I get all types of stories from Hollywood Unlocked. I love Jason Lee. I think he's killing the game right now. The Jason Lee show on Revolt TV is killing the game right now. I got nothing against Jason Lee, but I'm taking Willie Ray and his unpredictability, man. I'm taking that, man. I'm taking Willie Ray over Jason Lee, man. I'm sorry, Jason Lee, but I got nothing but love for you, man. So now that leads me to my top three, which is Lisa Ray, Kerry Champion, and Ray J. Okay, so if I'm taking my three and I'm going into two, I'm going into two right now. I'm taking Ray J and Kerry Champion into my final two. My final two is Ray J and Kerry Champion. And then y'all want me to choose between them two, which is crazy. And I'm not choosing between them two right now. I'm not. No, no. You know what? Let me finish the bracket out. I'm going to finish the bracket out. If I'm going between Kerry Champion and Ray J, if I'm going between Kerry Champion and Ray J, if the man, if I'm oh man, uh, it's too tough for me to choose right now. Now you know what? I'm not choosing. I'm not choosing between them two. I'm not choosing between them two. Not yet. Not yet. You know what I mean? I'm gonna see what they got to say about the bracket. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to talk about it on tomorrow's episode. We'll see. I don't know. But that's my final two. Um, I'm leaning right now towards Kerry Champion as being a co-host. Um, but no, no, no. You know what? No, I'm not leaning towards Kerry Champion. I'm leaning more towards Ray J right now. I'm leaning more towards Ray J because Willie Ray is unpredictable. Okay, you don't know which, I mean, you don't know which Ray J is going to show up. You don't know. So if I had to pick my finalist in the Breakfast Club March Madness bracket, my final finalist, uh, number one co-host, it would be Ray J. Willie Ray Norwood. Uh, he gets a slight nod over Kerry Champion just for the simple fact that he is unpredictable, man. Okay, he can go viral at any moment. Um, Carrie Champion is solid, man. She's solid. She's a solid host. She would be a great co-host for them. Great. But I'm going, I'm going, you know what I mean? She's killing on Amazon Prime with her sports show on Amazon Prime. But I'm going with Willie Ray, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm going with Willie Ray as 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 my you know, as my winner of the Breakfast Club March Madness bracket, man. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Willie Ray. So shout out to the Breakfast Club, Charlemagne, Envy, um, 
for putting this bracket out there, man. It's definitely it's definitely gonna create a lot of conversation and a lot of debate, of course. And uh, and listen, I know they're not nowhere near close to choosing a co-host right now. I know that. You know what I mean? That's I mean that's obvious. But it's you know it's fun to put something out there, man, just to spark some debate. Man. It's fun. I think it is really fun. I enjoy, you know what I mean? I enjoyed even looking at this bracket. And yeah, man, listen, I'm, you know what I mean? I like it, man. I like it. I like it. It's thought-provoking. We'll see what they got to say about it tomorrow, what Envy and, uh, and uh, Charlemagne got to say about it tomorrow. Shout out to both of them. Shout out to uh, Charlemagne for the podcast convention coming up on the 22nd. Envy got his first car show of the year coming up in Memphis. Shout out to both of them. They doing big things, man. And um, yeah, man. And let's let's kind of transition to, to a conversation that they had today on the show talking about would you date someone with the OnlyFans? And I had to think about that, man. And it seemed like a lot of people would not date someone with the OnlyFans. But I think it depends on what's on the OnlyFans. What are they doing on the OnlyFans? OnlyFans is not just a sexual site. You know what I mean? People do all types of things on OnlyFans. They got cooking shows and, and talk shows and all types of stuff on OnlyFans. So would I date someone with an OnlyFans? Now, if we're talking to, would I date someone with an OnlyFans with explicit content? That's a different story. You know what I mean? I don't know. It depends. Did I meet them before they started the OnlyFans or after they started the OnlyFans? I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm not a I'm not a, a completely against it. You know what I mean? If if that's how they getting money, I'm not completely against it. Now, if you're out, if you're on there with other individuals, I'm against that. But if you're on there by yourself and and you know you're just doing your your content thing by yourself, hey man. I can't say nothing negative about that. You know what I mean? I I really can't. I mean, obviously, you might be making some money on there. You might be doing all right if you're on there. So I cannot sit here and say that I'm completely against that. But, um, you know, there are a lot, you know, Black China was getting a lot of money on OnlyFans. Now, I don't know what her OnlyFans look like, but... I don't think she was on there with other men or women. I think she was on there, you know, doing her own thing. So with that being said, if if you on there doing your own thing, then listen, man, hey, I'm not opposed to dating you if that's what you on there doing. Not at all. So, um, you know, people, listen, a lot of people have OnlyFans. I, I take nothing from them. You know what I mean? They're trying to feed feed their family or, or doing whatever they're trying to do. On there, you know, as use it as a side hustle. I have nothing against it at all. Um, would I support it? Uh, yeah, I would support it. I would support the OnlyFans. You know what I mean? Have I supported it? That'll be none of y'all business. But I would, I would support it. But uh, would I date somebody? Yeah, it depends on what you. It depends on what you're doing on there. You know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not sitting there saying no. I definitely wouldn't do it. But it all. It just depends on. What you are doing, what con- what type of content are you creating on your OnlyFans? If it's solo content, yeah, I would be willing to date you. Yes, I would be. If it's content with you know doing something else, um, yeah, I'm not. You know what I mean? And and I guess the I guess the that comes down to the whole thing of 
when you say, would you date someone, what does dating mean? Does that mean make him a girlfriend? Or does that just mean you might see him every now and then? I'm not making you my girlfriend. So that that's flat out. You can kind of talk that up. So, uh, yeah, man. I, just, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't see it happening right now. Could that change? Yeah, it could change. But as of right now, I don't see it happening. You know what I mean? Am I open to it? Of course, I'm open to anything. You know what I mean? Well, not whoa, whoa, not open like that. But I'm open to, you know what I mean? I'm open to a female, you know, doing whatever she does, man. I don't want to judge you with what you've done prior to me. I can only judge you with, you know, what you're doing with your with me. So, um, you know what I mean? None of us are perfect. And I'm not judging anybody by their worst moment. So, um, yeah, man. So, yeah, if if you're talking about dating somebody with an OnlyFans, yes, I'm okay with dating someone with an OnlyFans. Uh, wife and somebody with an OnlyFans is a different story. Girlfriend, different story. It's it's all in the context of, you know, how that relationship starts and are you willing to stop doing that stuff? And, you know, that, yeah, there's all types of different factors in it. But the the vanilla answer to that would be yes. I would be willing to date somebody with OnlyFans, um, depending on what the content is. So, yeah, man. But they was talking about that on there. Uh, Lunell has an OnlyFans, which is crazy. I would never sign up for her OnlyFans. He's a little bit too old for me. But, you know, Amber Rose, somebody like that, Black China. Yeah, man, I'd be willing to, you know, see what they got going on. Of course. But Lunell, no, nah, man. I love you, Lunell, but I don't want to see it, man. I mean, there. If I now, if I was a little bit older, I would definitely want to see it for sure. But at my age, no, I don't want to see it right now. Um, yeah, man. I don't know how we got. I don't know how we got there, man. But that's you know what I mean. That's crazy. So listen, this episode is definitely going a little bit further than I wanted, longer than I wanted it to. Uh, so we're gonna get into a couple more things and then we recapping and we getting out of here, man. Um, sticking with the the dating and and. You know, dating topic. Uh, I've seen something. I forget where I've seen it at. Um, and if you don't know, I do like to talk about relationship stuff a lot. Man. I feel like I'm very knowledgeable when it comes to, you know, these topics. So uh, I've seen something. I think it was said. Uh, how do you know? Do you think that your soulmate is in a relationship? And I thought about that, man. I was like, dang, man, how do you, I mean, do you think your soulmate is in a relationship, man? And that's a that's a pretty deep question. And it made me think about, you know, Alicia Keys and Swiss Beats and the whole situation that they had and how, you know, uh, Alicia Keys kind of, you know what I mean, stole Swiss Beats from who she, you know, who he was with and you know what I mean? And that ended up being, you know, her soulmate. Ultimately, they're, you know, super happy with kids and, um, you know, seem to be thriving in a relationship. But had Alicia Keys not been willing to kind of shoot her shot at Swiss Beats, you know what I mean? She might not be in a predicament or in the situation that she's in right now. And it kind of leads you to think about that. Like, man, you know what? How do you know if your soulmate is in a relationship or not? I don't know, man. You just gotta, you know, you kind of gotta think about that, man, because you know when you do kind of think about things like that, you have to think about being called a home wrecker, um, you know, someone that breaks up families and 
you know, things of that nature. But it, I will say this, it does take two to tango, though. So if you think your soulmate is in a relationship and you're willing to uh, pursue that person, um, just know that if she's willing to reciprocate that energy, then you're not breaking up anything. You know what I mean? She was asking for it to be broken up. Or he was at, let me, I, I, I keep forgetting I got to phrase things with he or she. He or she was asking for their, you know, their situation to be broken up. You know what I mean? Their situationship might not have been going the way they wanted to go. They might have been looking for an out. You provided that out, and there you go. You know what I mean? And I wonder how many other situationships, you know, have ended like that or have started like that. Where you, you know what I mean? You kind of have left the person you were with and had a better connection with, you know, somebody new. And, you know what I mean? You thought the person you was with was the one, and they really wasn't. And somebody came and stole you out of a relationship, and you went on to be happy ever after with that person. So I wonder how many times that that happens, man. And I, I think it's a thought-provoking question, for sure. Definitely a thought-provoking question. Um, do I believe my soulmate's in a relationship? Who knows? I don't know. You know what I mean? You, you never know, man. You know, your soulmate could be on the other side of the world. You will you will never know until it kind of hits you in the face, man. That's the one thing about, you know what I mean, the dating and, and life, man. You just don't know where it's going to take you and when it's going to take you. So, uh, yeah, man, but I just kind of want to touch base on that, man. I, I thought it was a you know, interesting topic. Um, feel free to, you know what I mean, shoot me some, some, uh, some feedback on if you think that that is even possible. That your soulmate could be in any relationship with somebody else. Yeah, shoot me some feedback on that, man. Uh, but yeah, man, let's kind of get out of that. Um, what else is going on out here, man? Uh, we got DJ Drama um, coming out with an album this week. I believe his album comes out on Friday. And... He remade a classic scene from Juice with Queen Latifah to help promote his album, which I thought was dope, you know what I mean? And uh, the scene is, you know what I mean, with, with Queen Latifah and, you know, GQ and, you know, the whole thing about the, the uh, DJ contest. And I thought that's catchy, man. That's a good rollout, man. You know what I mean? That's a real good rollout for DJ Drama. Of course, one of the top DJs. The album, I'm really like that, is due on 331. It's coming out the end of this month. Uh, got uh, guest appearances from 42 Doug, Doughboy, Freddie Gibbs, Gucci Mane, Lil Uzi Vert, Roddy Rich, Tyler the Creator, and you know, and some others. You know what I mean? So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing that, hearing that album. Of course, you know he's definitely known for his gangster grills and and all that, and uh, he's Uzi's manager, so. You know, you you definitely know that what he coming out with is definitely gonna be fire for sure. I don't think drama's ever missed. You know what I mean? So definitely looking forward to that. Uh what else is going on this weekend? Um Tiana Taylor's new movie comes out a thousand and one. Uh yeah, man. So of course we know we love Tiana Taylor and anything that she does, we definitely stand we definitely stand and we're definitely a fan of and 
I definitely missed the show, the breaks that she was in. Like, I don't know whatever happened to that, man. Like, the breaks was definitely one of my, one of the better shows. It came on VH1. And according to Rolling Stone, 1001 proves Tiana Taylor is a bona fide star. And, of course, I mean, Tiana Taylor, she can do it all. She's multi-talented. She can sing, dance, rap, act. I mean, she's, you know what I mean? She's she's one-on-one for real. So I'm looking forward to, to that coming out. I believe it comes out this weekend. And listen, man, we love Tiana Taylor, man. That's one person that we have no problem uh, supporting at all. And the thing about Tiana Taylor is that the, you know, what she, like, I, I don't know, like, the kind of person that she is, she's easy to root for. You know what I mean? She's very easy to root for, man. So, of course, you know, at the box office, we definitely want to shove and support, you know what I mean, and make sure that this movie does very well in the box office, man. So... Uh, I'm trying to see exactly what... Yeah, come, okay, no, it definitely comes out this weekend. Wait a minute, hold up. Let me see what the release date is. Yeah, it comes out the 31st. Um, Get your tickets, man. We just got to, you know what I mean? We definitely got to go out and support, man. Definitely got to go out and support Tiana Taylor, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm trying to find... I don't know what happened to the... uh. Yeah, she was on the red carpet. You know, she had a premiere in Harlem. And it appears to be a movie about um, a mother facing a thousand and one obstacles. Okay, so that that is, yeah. It appears to be a movie that, yeah, about a mother that's just, you know, growing up and just facing many trials and tribulations, man, so. Definitely, definitely tap into that this weekend. We support Tiana Taylor at all times. And uh, looking forward to seeing it, man. So, um, yeah, man, staying on the entertainment tip. Um, let's get into the Snowfall recap, man. <sighs> man. I just finished watching Snowfall tonight. It was a sad day, man. We had to lay Jerome to rest after last week when Louis got Jerome killed. Um, the episode, I mean, listen, man. Louis, uh, I believe her name is Angela Lewis. She's putting on an acting clinic because right now I despise her. Like, I really know her right now. So, I mean, in, in today's episode, she put on an acting clinic. Um, she... You know what I mean? She had a scene where she went to go see Sully and, you know, looked like she was trying to kill herself. I mean, she was trying to get herself shot by the way she pulled up to Sully's uh, projects. I mean, the whole thing was deep. Um, you know, ultimately, uh, it's coming down to, you know what I mean, whose side is Louie going to be on? Is she going to choose Franklin's side? Franklin saved her life. If it weren't for Franklin, she'd be dead. Um, of course, you know, Teddy wanted to meet up with Louie. Teddy wants to get to Franklin. Louie's the, you know what I mean? Louie's ultimately, the, you know, the key to Franklin on both sides. Um, Louie can get Teddy for Franklin. 
Louis can get Franklin for Teddy. It's going to be interesting to see whose side she chooses. Is she going to stick with family? Um, or is she going to roll with Teddy? You know what I mean? And go with the money. And I don't, I, right now, I don't know which way she's going. You know what I mean? And, and I kind of, and I kind of, I hate to say this about Louis, but ultimately, if Louis, listen, if Louis, if Claudia wouldn't have talked bad to Louis, you know, and that party that they had, this is probably like season two or something, Louis wouldn't even be with Jerome. She would have never even been with Jerome. She would have stayed with Claudia. So I just don't know where her loyalty lies. I, I want to see exactly what's going to happen um, in the next coming, you know, next coming episodes. But ultimately, they're on a crash course, man. You know what I mean? It's it's a crash course between Louis, Franklin, and Teddy. And Gustavo, he's just kind of in the middle. He's kind of, I don't know where he's at right now in this, in this whole situation and, and, you know, where he's going to fall out in this whole situation. He's trying to get his money and get out of there. Ultimately, I think he ends up snitching on somebody. He's going to end up snitching on somebody and, and Gustavo's going to get himself killed. That's just how I'm feeling right now about his storyline. Um, Leon and Wanda, Wanda finally left Leon in the projects. She, you know, she doesn't want to be in the projects no more. Understandable. That's where all the drugs are at. She wants to get, you know, get away from that. She wants to go back to Ghana with Leon. Leon right now is is in the middle of a war. He wants to hold down the projects. He wants to hold down Saint. And you know what I mean. Leon's a soldier, man. You know what I mean. You can't take the soldier out of somebody. And I don't really know where that's going to go. Ultimately, do I think Leon goes with Wanda to Ghana? And she cho- and does he choose Wanda over Saint? I don't know, man. I think he chooses Saint. I don't know. I think he chooses Saint. I don't think Leon dies at the end of the season. But I do think that he chooses to stay with Saint. And, um, and they ride off in the sunset together. Somehow, some way. Does he stay married to Wanda? Yes, he does. But does he go back to Ghana with Wanda? No, that's not happening. So um, there are some talks about a spinoff, um, Snowfall spinoff in the works with Wanda being the main character. And I got to admit, I'm not really here for that because I don't see where that goes. Like, where does Wanda's story go from here? She goes back to Ghana. And what does she do? She leads a productive life. I don't really want to watch that. You know what I mean? Uh, does she go back to the streets? Does she become a kingpin? Like, I, you know what I mean? I just don't see where the storyline with Wanda... I don't see where a spinoff with Wanda goes. I mean, ultimately, Leon would have to be in a spinoff. And if the spinoff is about Leon, I mean, it's ultimately going to be about, you know what I mean, being in the game, which is just an extension of, you know, right now, the original Snowfall. I would probably be more inclined to watch that, but I don't see a spinoff based around Wanda as something that I want to watch, as Wanda being the main character. I don't really want to watch that. I know a lot of people love Wanda's story and how she, you know, she combated coming back from being on the rock and and ultimately cleaning herself up. But as far as a spinoff, I'm not really here for that. So FX, y'all got to find something better for the spinoff, man. If the spinoff is about Leon and Wanda... I may be with that depending on how this season ends. If it ends with Leon staying with Saint, I'm all the way here for a Leon spinoff. All the way here for it. Wanda, no, man. No, I can't I can't roll with that, man. Nonetheless, though, 
I'm enjoying the season. Um, the acting is crazy, especially the last scene from tonight when, you know, Louis called Saint the devil. She called Franklin the devil, and he said, I know, and just kind of walked off in the sunset. That thing was deep and heavy. That was an intense scene. Um, listen, man, I'm here for it, man. I'm still waiting to, you know, judge how I'm going to, how I'm going to rate Snowfall overall as far as in my top, you know, top five, you know, drug series of all time. I need to see how it ends before I rate this series. But right now it's it's going out with a bang. This season has been one of the best seasons of Snowfall, probably since season one or season two. So, um... Shout out to the writers, man. We're going to see where it goes, you know what I mean, from here. Um, what else we got? We got, oh, man, hold on. I just got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> what else we got? I haven't even put no snippets in or nothing, man. That's crazy, man. And I really had a snippet I wanted to put in. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, what else do we got going on? Um, We have... Uh, Power Book Ghost. Uh, last episode, pretty deep. Um, did I recap this already? I don't think I did. Uh, maybe I did. Well, I don't know. The new episode comes out tonight at midnight, so I'm not going to recap it just in case. I might have recapped it last time. The new episode comes out tonight at midnight. Definitely want to see where that's going uh, with Kane and Tariq and Brayton. I don't like the way Brayton's moving right now. He's moving very shady right now. Um, so hopefully we'll see we'll see how we'll see what his plan is in regards to that. But he's moving real shady behind Tariq's back. Um, but yeah, we ain't gonna recap that because I think I might have recapped that last episode. So um what else do we have going on here? Um, that might be about it, man. That might be about it, man. Kane and Kane, man, stay away from stay away from Effie, man. Stay away from Effie, Kane. I don't like it, man. I don't like you. I don't like you hanging around trying to leech on and get on the Effie, man. Uh, like you're giving me these type of vibes, man. And he's like, <laughs> you're giving me those vibes, man. You're giving me those uh vibes. Like I don't know, I don't know where you're at right now, Kane. You're giving me, you're giving me weird vibes, man. By trying to get on Effie, man. So, uh. Yeah, man. I don't know. That that soundbite was crazy. I had I wanted to use that. I'm gonna be using that soundbite a lot more, man. The uh I'm gonna be using that a lot more. But that's how Kane, that's how Effie's probably looking at Kane every time Kane come at her, man. Oh you know what I mean? That's crazy, man. <laughs> um Yeah, that soundbite came from lip service too, man, by the way. But uh we about to get out of here, man. Um there's one more story I kind of want to recap, man, and it kind of intrigued me a little bit. And this is a this is a study from Yale University, Yale Yale University, um, that says about washing the loneliness away with a long hot bath. Uh, the studies show um, that people who take frequent long hot warm showers or baths tend to be lonelier than folks who spend less time bathing and like cooler water. The researchers researchers suspect that the physical warmth of a shower or bath provides people with a substitute for lack of social warmth or coldness in their lives. Um now listen, man. I listen. 
I like to take hot showers, man. I do. Do they make... Am I lonely? I don't think so. But, I mean, I mean, I guess you got to figure out how you describe loneliness. What is what is loneliness to you? You know what I mean? But do I like warm showers? Yes, I do. Are they comforting? Yes, they are. Uh, in the study, it says 51 college students were asked to, to complete surveys about their lifestyle habits and levels of loneliness. Undergrads who felt more socially excluded said they lingered longer in a shower or bath and preferred warmer water temperatures. Um, there were three questions about the bathing habits. How often do you take a bath? What temperature water do you use? How much time do you spend in the bath? All had scale-like answers, um, plus other questions about the lifestyle. And, um, yeah, man, I mean, I kind of can see see that being the case. Like, if you like to be in the shower for a long time and you like the warm water, it is very comforting. Um, it may give you some sort of substitute of so of warmth. Um so I kind of can see that, man. But now I got now I got me questioning everything, man, cuz I do like hot showers. I do like hot showers. I don't take baths, uh, but I do like hot showers. And does that make am I lonely? No, I don't think I'm lonely, man. Now I got now I, yeah, it got me questioning all types of stuff right now, man. That's crazy, man. I, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. I don't know. I got to think about that. But that study is very interesting to me. Um, yeah, man. It just, it, it just made me think about it, man. Scientists speculate that physical warmth, such as a shower or bath, is a form of self-therapy to restore social warmth when we're feeling isolated. Now, am I isolated? I might be a little bit isolated. Okay, and they view loneliness as a form of social coldness that can be somewhat relieved by applying physical warmth. I kind of can see that. You know what I mean? I kind of can see that. Um, I am a little isolated for the most part. Uh, But I think, you know, some of that is by choice. Some of that is, you know, other circumstances. But I do like my alone time. Um, And, you know, it it goes on in an article uh, to say, of course, we compensate for social coldness by restoring the missing warmth in other ways that don't involve getting wet. As an antidote to loneliness, we may down a shot of whiskey, cradle a cup of coffee, or toss on an old ratty sweatshirt from that uh, you with the rinky dinky plumbing. I don't know what that means right there, but I do understand a shot of whiskey and a cup of coffee. Uh, I do understand that part. Um, but I, you know. It does appear that the coldness of loneliness or rejection can be treated somewhat successfully through the application of physical warmth. And listen, if you're lonely and a hot shower makes you feel better, listen, by all means, go ahead and go for it, man. You know what I mean? That's not a bad thing. By all means, go ahead and go for it, man. Um, Listen, that... I have nothing against it. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? This is coming from NBC News as well, NBCnews.com. Uh, that's where this story is coming from, but you know I have nothing. I have nothing against it at all. Uh, authored by Carrie Nirenberg, um, and the study came from Yale, man. So if you're feeling lonely, does a shower make you feel better? Uh, definitely, you know, you know, leave a comment, something, drop some, drop a, drop a, uh, drop some sort of comment, 
and let me know if 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 a shower helps you you know soothe from warmth and uh and from loneliness man but i mean definitely you know being cold definitely does do hand in hand with loneliness though i, I do i do feel that way um that's for sure you know what i mean if you are lonely that means you are a cold hearted person uh so i can see the warmth you know warming your body up and and kind of warming your heart up a little bit man um, but yeah, man, we getting out of here, man. Episode 48, man. Um, you got it. And listen, man, we, this episode was very long because I felt like we had a lot of stuff that we wanted to get into. It started out in a very somber way. Um, prayers out to everybody in Nashville as well. Um, shout out to the cops down in Nashville. Shout out to the cops here. You know, in the city, um, Pittsburgh, shout out to the Pittsburgh police uh, for being prepared. Shout out to the Nashville cops for not being scared. And listen, man, we getting out of here, man. You got it. Episode 48. Yeah. And we two episodes from a milestone, man. We two episodes from 50, y'all. Two episodes from 50. Shout out to Lil Baby, man. Lil Baby be going in, man. Take you back if I was you and I did what I did. I probably would. I probably would. This nigga's sentence done is crying. I told the truth and I meant I gave you everything I meant. 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 I is it best for you to approach your friend who knows you the best out of anybody and try to make that work? Or do you not want to overstep that boundary, man? We're gonna tackle we're gonna tackle that topic next, man. Next next episode, man. How do you get out the friend zone? Dallas Mavericks, get it together, man. Opening day, Major League Baseball, man. It's here. That just made anytime baseball starts, that means the, the good weather is coming. That means the springtime is here, man. Summertime is getting closer. Man, ain't gonna lie, Mr. Old Jew. You got it, episode 48, man. We out of here, man. We right back at y'all, man. NCAA tournament this weekend, Final Four. We're gonna recap that, man. You got it, Jill.